Welcome to the Wellspring Community Church Podcast, where we exist to help real people find real hope in a real world. We hope today's message encourages you. Let's get into today's episode. We're going to continue our series, All That I Need, journeying through Psalm 23. Um, Before we pray, would you stand and let's read God's word together. Can we do that? If you're able to stand, stand. If you're not able to stand, that's okay. You can uh, stay seated. Um, We're in week number four of this series. Let me read it for you. Psalm 23. Most of you had it memorized. For the next few weeks, I'm going to read it out of the New King James. Oh, thank you guys. Appreciate that. Uh, The Lord is what? My shepherd. Now, I want you to do this for me. I want you to read with me. I don't want to do all the work. You help me do the heavy lifting today, all right? Read it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Pause real quick. That's what we're going to talk about today. Restores my soul. Ready? Here we go. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. But surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I, you, will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. So I'd love to pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Now we ask you to put a special anointing on your word. I pray that we would be changed from the inside out, that this would not just be another church service or another sermon listened to. But Father, I pray, I think, my personal opinion, this is the most important sermon in the entire series. I think this is the one that is gonna affect so many of us. It's the one that's gonna remind us of truly what it means to be, the, be led by the good shepherd. So speak to our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, high five somebody, grab your notes. Who's got your notes? You got your notes? Got them out? Where are your notes? Let me see them. We say it every single week, note takers. Go to heaven. We don't believe that taking notes somehow replaces salvation, but what we do mean is this. God has called you to come to church, not to just do church, but to be the church, to grow in your faith. I want you to say, and I'm going to say it again next week, I'm going to say it over the next two weeks, I don't want you to just go through the summer. I want you to grow through the summer. Don't just go through the motions this summer. I know it's ending in a few weeks, but let's grow through the summer. Let's grow. That's why we're doing this, so that you would, you would grow. You would grow, grow, grow. So this is a, not a verse by verse, but it's actually a thought by thought series through Psalm 23. I don't do expository every series, um, but about three, maybe four or five times a year, uh, we will do that. These six verses are jam-packed. In week number one, we learned this. We learned that you and I have, what do we have? We have a, we have a good shepherd, and this good shepherd leads us. This good shepherd wants us to submit our lives to him. And so this good shepherd will take his rod and his staff and he will bring you back into the fold. If you get lost or confused or you get sidetracked or you do something that you shouldn't have done or you go somewhere or experience something you shouldn't, it's the good shepherd that leads you back. And part of the good shepherd leading you is he will correct you. But part of the good shepherd's role is this. Not only will he correct you, but he will always, always, always love you through correction. Can I get an amen? Always. He will always do that. And so everything about the good shepherd, I'm sorry, everything about Psalm 23 is submitted underneath the good shepherd. So it is the good shepherd who leads us. And then the next five and a half verses tell us that there are benefits to our lives when we allow the good shepherd to 
lead us. Do you hear me? So week one, we have a good shepherd. Week two, he leads us to green pastures. There are no green in Israel. So it is the shepherd that creates an environment for you to rest. Still waters we talked about last week. That this good shepherd leads you to three types of waters. The shepherd to the sheep. One is the dew, the daily nourishment every single day. The streams of living water, that's your community. And the deep wells when you're in a season of brokenness, a season of restoration, a season of depression, maybe even a season of suicide. It's the deep wells that Jesus provides so we can have true healing. Today, now I grew up in a very traditional church and so all we read out of was the King James Version. But the older that I got, I started to lean into the new international version, the NIV version. In the NIV version of chapter 23, chapter 23, verse three, it says this, that he refreshes my soul. And so when I read it in the NIV, I thought, okay, still waters, green pastures, refreshes my soul. I could just put those three verses and three phrases into two sermons and I'd be good to go. And last week I'm studying refreshes my soul and what I realized that is a horrific translation of the Hebrew meaning when the Bible says that he does that. And so I love what the New American Standard, the ESV and the New King James Version says. It doesn't say he refreshes my soul. It actually says he restores my soul. Anybody remember reading it like that? He restores my soul. It's the Hebrew word, if you're taking notes, it's the Hebrew word, shued, shued. It's actually, the meaning of it is this, that the good shepherd repairs, the good shepherd restores, and the good shepherd brings it back, whatever the it is. See, if it's messed up, the good shepherd restores it. If it's broken, the good shepherd redeems it. If it's lost, the good shepherd finds it. If it it doesn't have its purpose anymore, it's the good shepherd that restores it back to its original design. Let me explain it to you this way. It's almost like men, a lot of men like to do this, and probably some ladies, but a lot of men like to not buy the new car, save up money and get the new car. They wanna buy the old car, fix it up, restore it, put a new paint job, new engine, and you'll spend weeks, months, or years restoring what was old to what? Its original design. Or ladies like to, and some guys, like to resurface or repurpose furniture. So you'll go to a thrift store or Goodwill and you'll buy the old thing because nobody makes it like they used to. Come on, somebody. And so you'll buy it, the bones are good, but it looks nasty. So you take it, you spend days, weeks, months, you put your hair up in a bun, and you go after that piece of furniture for a few days or a few weeks and restore it back to its original purpose. Are you hearing me? So when the Bible says that the good shepherd not only leads us to green pastures and to still waters, but he restores my soul. That when my soul is broken and my soul is lost and my soul and my life feels broken and messed up, it's the good shepherd that restores me. I I wanna say it this way to you before we even jump into the meat of this message. A A shepherd is in the business of restoring the sheep, not tossing the sheep. So in, in a conveyor belt business, if you're looking at it and you've got the little white knit hat on and you're watching and you're in charge of the conveyor belt and if something doesn't look like it's supposed to look, what do they do? They take it off and they toss it. They don't fix it, they toss it. 
because everything has to look like everything else. Well, I'm here to tell you today, church, the good shepherd isn't about tossing broken and messed up sheep. The good shepherd is into restoring the broken, messed up sheep to its original factory settings, and that is you've been called on mission for a purpose. So I wanna show you today that the good shepherd is in the restoration process. Now, it would be easy for you to think that the greatest killers of sheep is wolves or lions or even other sheep. But is it okay if I teach you a little bit today? I told you in this six-week series, you're gonna learn more about sheep than you ever need to learn ever in your life again. But that's my job to teach you, to slow down, to teach you. Because you read it at funerals and you read it at weddings and you read it on key moments in your life, Psalm 23, but I think many of us don't understand what it really means. So when the Bible says that the good shepherd restores our soul, what is he doing? Well, there's an interesting term in sheepadry. Can I use that word? Sheepadry. Oh, yeah, it's a word. I don't think it is, but we're naming it today. We in Ruskin, we can rename things. But there's a sheepadry word, and it's called a, what is called a cast sheep. Have you heard this before? A cast sheep is one that has rolled over on its back and cannot get up without assistance. So I want you to welcome, if you've not done that, he feels pretty disappointed that you've not done it, but would you please welcome Pepe to the stage again? He's been our key component of this whole series over the last four weeks. And so here's what it looks like. Oftentimes, a sheep will end up on its back and it will be what's called cast. It cannot move and it ends up on its backside. It's got T-Rex arms, so it can't get back over. No other sheep can help it. The only way for the sheep to not be cast is for the shepherd to come and to redeem, to fix the messed up sheep. Are you following me? You're like, I don't believe that. I don't think it's really a thing. Let me show it to you. It's really, really a thing. Here it is. It looks like this. That's what a cast sheep looks like. It's messed up. It's distressed. You can flip it back over. So here's what I want you to know today. What happens so often is the sheep finds itself upside down. Go study it in sheepetry that when a sheep is cast, it can only stay this way for two or three days because it is frantically moving his arms, his heart rate gets up to a point that after three to four days, the sheep, if it's cast long enough, it will have a heart attack and it will eventually die. If you study the historical side of it, almost 60% of sheep that be are cast eventually will die. So what I wanna to talk to you about today, he fell last service, we'll see if it happens again. What I want to talk to you today on week number four is this. What do you do when your life is flipped upside down? I believe in a room this full and those watching online, some of you today, you feel like your life is flipped upside down. You know you've got a good shepherd and you know he's leading you beside green pastures. You, you know that he's got still waters for you. But if you're being honest with me and if I'm being honest with you and if we're being honest with each other, your world is a little bit too flipped upside down for you to really think that God can use you. 
or to redeem you or to forgive you or to restore you back to your original settings. Now, before I get into the conclusion of how do we become uncast, we've got to first identify what gets a sheep in this place. What causes a sheep to be cast? Now listen, Pepe looks pretty silly there, does he not? But there's a reason why Pepe ends up this way, and I think it's the same three reasons why you end up the way that you are cast. Upside down, flailing, miraculously trying to get somebody to help you out of this, and you've had people try to help you, you've had ideas try to help you, you've went to a website to try to help you, but listen to me, listen to me, and I can't say this about every topic, but other people cannot help you get uncast. It is only the good shepherd that can redeem you from this place. It's the good shepherd. So there are three main reasons why a sheep becomes cast. Can I share them with you today? Number one is this, and you let me know. Be honest with yourself today. I say this all the time. If you're coming to church just to get a message, then you're gonna miss it. But if you're coming to church to be challenged today and be honest with yourself today, I think God will speak to you. Is there, let me ask it this way, is there an area of your life that has flipped upside down? It may not be your whole life. It could be just your marriage or one of your kids or your business or your health, your friendships. 80% of your life is a-okay, but there's an area or two of your life that just constantly feels flipped upside down. It's probably because of one of these three things. Can I show it to you today? Hello, can I show it to you today? The first one is this. The reason why a sheep becomes cast, the first one is simply because of exhaustion. Exhaustion. It's this idea of, I am tired, I am weary, I just can't sleep, the melatonin isn't working, I'm energy drinking my way through a day, I'm using Monster, and I'm using coffee, and to be honest with you, I'm just tired, and I'm exhausted. Did you know that that happens to a sheep? The sheep will get so tired and so exhausted that the sheep will walk around different places and it will get to its place. Go Google cast sheep and you'll see hilarious videos but the sheep become so tired and so exhausted a sheep is only designed this is so fast it is the bible why do drugs when you can do the bible <laughs> like when i study the bible i'm like oh my goodness a sheep is only designed listen to this this is fascinating a sheep is only designed to work six to eight hours a day if a sheep works more than six to eight hours a day, it immediately goes into overdrive. Is that a coincidence? I think not. And so the sheep gets tired and it becomes to try, it tries to take shortcuts around. And it slips and falls and it finds itself upside down. Can I just say this to somebody today? You make really bad decisions when you're tired, you go to the wrong websites when you're tired. You go to the wrong environments when you're tired. You will keep yourself in a cast environment if you're continuing to be exhausted. People have tried to find out what the biggest fault with America is right now, American people right now. And I'll tell you what it is. The issue in America right now is we have made busyness a God. We have idolized busyness. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be two people. I'm just tired, I'm working hard. And we've idolized the idea of working hard. And I'm not telling you don't work hard. Come on somebody, we gotta work hard. But busyness is an idol that we have chosen as a country to worship. And the best way for you to prevent busyness 
in your life and exhaustion in your life is to learn how to rest. Learn how to rest. Let me say it this way. It takes faith to rest. It takes faith to rest. It takes faith to go when God, when I am resting, God is working. I'm gonna rest. The reason why your life is cast and upside down is you're working six days a week and God did not design you to work six days a week. God did not design you to work 12-hour days. God designed you to have one day a week where you are Sabbathing and resting, where you're not doing but you're being. And the reason why that area of your life is flipped upside down is you're exhausted and God wants to convict your spirit today that it's time to rest. Here's the second reason why a, 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 a sheep becomes cast. This is an interesting one. It's actually cockiness. Cockiness. Cockiness is those moments when you feel like you're a little bit too sure of yourself. Well, it worked yesterday, it'll work today. When I got away with it yesterday, I'll get away with it today. They didn't catch me last week, they won't catch me this week. They didn't notice it in the last season, they won't notice it in this season. Can I confess something to you today? Hello, this is not a movie. I'm a human being up here. That was a question. Can I confess something to you today? If no is the answer, then I'll skip right over the illustration. But I think it's a pretty funny illustration. I think it may make you laugh. When I was uh, done being a youth pastor, I took three years off of full-time ministry and I was working in Tampa for an organization called the ALS Association, Lou Gehrig's Disease. And my job was corporate development. And if you don't know Lou Gehrig or uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, that's what ALS stands for, you're welcome for that one. But ALS is known as Lou Gehrig's disease and I worked with a lot of corporations and patients. And so during the summer, July 4th was a big, it's called Lou Gehrig's Day, Lou Gehrig's Day at, at ballparks. And uh, we worked a lot with the minor leagues and I was in Clearwater at the Philadelphia Phillies minor league facility. And this is a few years ago, so you may not know this guy, but if you're a Phillies fan, you will. But they had a big first baseman by the name of Ryan Howard. Anybody remember Ryan Howard? And Ryan Howard was up to bat and I heard him. And as soon as he hit, I was behind home plate and I saw the ball go straight up in the air and it was coming right at me. It felt like an hour and a half, but it was probably like seven seconds. But I pushed everybody aside. Get out of here, it's my fault. My, one of my good friends was a Phillies fan. So like, I'm gonna catch it for, and Ryan Howard's his favorite, get out of here. And I went. And how many know the ball did not go here and the ball did not go here. The ball went right here in my chest. If you know anything about minor league stadiums, there's like seven and a half people in the stadium. I'm on all fours. They put me on the jumbotron and people came up to me after the game saying, oh my goodness, you are the guy. Yeah, the guy that works for ALS. No, the guy that got hit with the baseball. Yes, that was me. But I got a little arrogant, a little cocky, a little fool of myself. I realized in that moment, I'm not real good at catching baseball in the baseball. I, I still have PTSD when I go to race games, still to this day. But it's, it's cockiness. We all have the, those moments where we get a little bit sure of ourselves. We think we're sure-footed. But the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's the moment you think, I'm good, I got it. 
I'll never be in that place. I'll never be, I'll never cheat on my spouse. I'll, I'll never be an addict. I'll never be that person. I'll never go, I'll never do what they did. It's in those moments. You better watch out because you're gonna fall. About a year ago, I had a guy come up to me and he said, I don't need to go to the parenting course. Why don't you let me lead the parenting course? And in that moment, I went, get behind me, Satan. Because if you're too spiritual to go to something and you're, you're, you only wanna lead it, that causes some pride in your life. I wanna say to somebody right now, the reason why you may be cast is you may have, th- you may have clept out of the learning experience that God still has you in. And your life is flailing and falling apart and you're frantically throwing your arms up in the air going, I, 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 well, I got here, I don't know how I got here. It's cockiness, it's arrogance. But there's a third reason why they get there and the third one is interesting. The third one is actually what's called separation. See, a, a sheep never becomes cast when it's with the other sheep. They are together. They are together, they are in one room, they are in one place, they are in one field. They are together, they are shoulder to shoulder. Can we throw that picture up there? I don't know what is happening with the notes, but throw that, throw that picture up there. It looks like this, they're gonna throw up there. This is what it looks like. Shoulder to shoulder, side by side, together. There is no way a sheep can become cast right there because you move to the left and you got a sheep. You move to the right and you got a sheep. You go forward, you got a sheep. You go behind you and you got a sheep. The only way a sheep become cast is if the sheep has separated itself from the flock. Church becomes optional. Community group becomes optional. Praying before you go to bed becomes optional. Tucking your kids into bed and sharing scripture with them becomes optional. You started to separate yourself from the flock going, well, they won't notice it tonight even though I haven't done it for a week. What is the Bible saying to us? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter four, it says this, the verse is what I'm looking for. In Jesus' name, help me God, Jesus. Romans chapter, I don't even know where I'm at. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse three says this. Do not think of yourself more likely than you ought, but rather you think yourself with sober judgment. You know, I realize in some moments I'm not that great in this sermon right now. But I realize the God inside of me is pretty awesome. The God inside of me is pretty awesome. See, my kids were younger. You know what my kids would say? Daddy, you're so fast. I'd be driving the car. Daddy, you're so fast. And it took me about a half a second to realize, Daddy ain't fast. It's the car that's fast. Amen? I think way too many people are trying to be the car. When God never intended you to be the car, he's always the car. He's the speed. He's what keeps you going. So I don't know where you're at. If you find an area of your life and it is cast, it is upside down, it is spinning out of control, could it be that you're exhausted? Could it be that you're working way too much? Could it be that you're not home for dinner when you should and you're working on the weekends when you're not called to work on the weekends? Maybe you're slave to the man instead of being obedient to the father. Can I ask you a question? Is there an area of your life where you've gotten really cocky saying I'll never be where they're at? My fear is this, 
This is the destruction of our world right now. One of the things that I've said as a pastor is I never want to get to the place where I say, Wellspring has arrived. We're good. Look at what I've built. Because I think it's in that moment that I'll be on the news. It's in that moment that I'll fall into sin. I get up every single morning and recommit my life to April. I get up every single morning and I look over my body and I say, God, I pray for my head. You're gonna hear about this in a few weeks. I pray for every thought that goes into my head. God, I pray for my eyes. God, would I see things that only I'm supposed to see? When I see something I won't see, God, I pray that you would see. God, my mouth. I don't wanna speak of things that aren't of you. And I go all the way through my body before my feet actually hit the floor. It takes me about 60 seconds to do that. And I'm reminding myself that I have been bought with a price that I am nothing without Jesus and I am everything with Jesus. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? What is the prevention of separation? It's a word that we don't share very much, but it's actually the word accountability. It's been used and abused in our world, accountability. See, accountability is not some list of rules and regulations that you've got to answer to. But I'll tell you what accountability is. Listen to me, don't miss this. I'll tell you how to keep yourself being separated in a cocky situation. Here's how you do it. Ready? Ready? You better have a group of people that can speak into your blind spots. Just this week, we were with some missionaries down in Guatemala, and we were with them, and it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fantastic. We'll show you pictures at the end of service. It was amazing. But what's beautiful about our trip is I spent some time with our missionaries, and there were two blind spots that I saw. And I pointed, I said, I just, I don't, I, just, I see something in, in these two. I think you just need to speak. The next day they come to me and said, you are exactly right. We've given liberty in this area and now it's become a addiction. It was a liberty, but now it's an addiction. It was okay, but it's now it's an addiction. And we're gonna address it this week. You better have some people in your life that tell you you got a booger in your nose. Don't you hate those people at dinner time and you're like, hey, you got a booger in your nose. When was it? I saw it at breakfast, but I want to tell you and embarrass you. How many of you know you want to throw Pepe at them? Why do you, how many of you want to know if it's in my nose at breakfast, tell me it's in my nose at breakfast. It's your blind spot. It's accountability. Who in your life can say, hey, the other day we were on a double date and I heard the way you were talking to your spouse and I just... It just didn't seem becoming of a godly husband leading his godly wife. Hey, the other day we were out to dinner. We had a great time and we were okay. We had a drink. But I noticed you had like five or six. Is everything okay? Just never seen you drink that much. Is everything okay? Well, actually it's not. Let me tell you what I'm going through. Who in your life? has the ability to speak into the area that nobody else has the ability to speak into? Who in your life will tell you that your life is cast? Who, who do you have? For some of you, it can't be your spouse because they love you so much. But you better have somebody. See, how does a sheep become cast? Throw it up here real quick. A sheep becomes cast in these three areas. It's exhaustion, it's gonna come up in just a moment, I know it is, cockiness and separation. See, David, in a previous chapter of Psalm, he said this, a few chapters later, Psalm chapter 42. Here's what, here's what David said over his life. He said, why has my soul become down, downcast? 
Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. David, the psalmist, knew exactly what it was like for him to wake up one morning and go, my soul is gone, my soul is lost, my life is spiraling out of control, and I just don't know where to go. Listen to me, can I tell you, the goal is to never be here. Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been somewhere, you're going, my God, I know exactly what that feels like. I know exactly what this feels like, and this is not fun. See, the goal is to not be cast. But here's what I'm realizing today in this room is full. I realize today many of you are right here. You're cast. So what do you do? What do you do when you find yourself here? What do you do when you're upside down and you're frantically and you feel like your soul is literally going to die? Can I help you today as I close out this service? I'm gonna give you three thoughts that I need you to do. And you gotta do it. There's, you can't take one without the other. It's like, it's like don't, cross, don't cross go, pass go without collecting $200. Like you gotta do all three of these. And they're prerequisites to your life going right side up. Can I help you? Number one is this, you gotta get this, is I need you to allow the shepherd to meet you where you're at. Right where you're at. There are way too many Christians trying to fix themselves up so that they can be okay in the presence of God. That would be like me, my car breaks down, and I spend eight hours in my driveway trying to fix the problem, and I would tell myself, I just wanna get it right, and then I'll take it to the mechanic. I just wanna fix it up, and then I'll take it to the car shop. How many know that's stupid? Like, take it to the mechanic. That's what he's designed to do, to fix your car, to fix your issue. But I'll just, when I get my life right, I'll come to church. When I get my life right, I'll get in a group. When I get my life right, I'll start serving. When I, when I, when I scale down, I'll start getting, when I get money into my bank account, I'll start tithing. What? No. The Bible says today, if you're downcast, invite the good shepherd into your life. I love what uh, Matthew 18 says. It says this, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hill and go look for the one that wanders off? Well, of course he will. But listen to me. If you wander off from the flock, your life will become downcast. Exhaustion, cockiness, and separation will cause you to be. So my question is, is what, what has wandered off? What's wandered off? Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a passion. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's your joy. Maybe it's purity in that relationship. Maybe it's your health that has wandered off. What's wandered off? Identify what's made you cast and allow the Holy Spirit to speak right into your situation. Are you hearing me? The second one's even harder. The one makes you vulnerable and naked before the Lord. Because he sees, you recognize what he sees in what he's already saw. Let me say it again. You are in that moment recognizing that he already saw it, but now you together are seeing it for the very first time together. He's always saw it, you've always saw it, but you didn't see it together. But when you allow the good shepherd into your situation, now you're seeing the situation together. Are you following me? There's power when you and him see your situation together. But the second thing is this, and you gotta get this, that you are beginning what I'm calling the restoration process. So you can't fight it. 
You can't argue it. You can't speed it up. There is no fast pass. See, what I want to show you is what it looks like when the shepherd sees the sheep cast. Here's what it looks like. What happens is the sheep is cast. That's been three or four days that sheep has been that way. He's delirious. He's moments away from dying. The shepherd sees the sheep, begins to wake the sheep up, but the sheep is fighting off the help, fighting off the restoration. The sheep doesn't know that that's what the shepherd is trying to do in his life. And then the sheep gets up, and look how delirious the sheep is. It's up, but it's not right. It's up, but it's not whole. It's up, but it's still searching, going, what in the world just happened to me? I need a moment. And then the sheep starts to walk, and then it realizes, oh my goodness, I can't see right. I can't feel right. I'm not myself. I need a healing process. I need to begin in this restoration of being and growing who God has called me to do. And so I just need to stand for just a moment and stay in the process. But look right behind that sheep. There's a sheep right there with them every step of the way. What I'm telling you right now is this. God is inviting you on a restoration process today. And you cannot speed it up, and you cannot hurry it up. But he welcomes you in it every single day. I like to say it this way. Everything we're doing takes longer than you expect. When I set out to go to college, it took me longer. Masters took me two years. I decided to run the Chicago Marathon with some people in our church last October. It was six months of training. When I set out to raise kids, how many know it takes 18 years to raise those kids? There's ups, there's downs, there's twists, there's turns, there's flips. It takes me 15 to 18 months to read the Bible once I start reading the Bible for the, for the, the, the new time. Genesis chapter one, I get in it, it takes me 15 to 18 months. What am I telling you? Rome was not built in a day. God is not a microwave God, he's a crockpot God. And how many know everything tastes better in the crock pot than it does the microwave? But how many know, listen to me, how many know you gotta let the crock pot do what the crock pot was designed to do? You can't speed it up. And don't tell me a pressure cooker is just as good. It ain't. Seriously ain't. My wife cooks stuff in the pressure cooker, and I'm like, it tastes weird. But there's something about that slow cooking. Come on, somebody. Smells. How many know you smell it? And then as hours go by, your, the whole house smells like what you've been cooking all day long. It's a process, is it not? Now that you're hungry, it's a process. It's a restoration process. God is inviting you on a restoration process that when you start to flip over, it's gonna take a second for you to get up on your feet and you're gonna fall a little bit as you get up. But even when you get up, you're gonna fall back down. You're gonna get up and fall back down. You're gonna get up and fall back down. Here's my encouragement to you. Get up and don't move until you welcome the shepherd into your restoration process. The good shepherd gets you up and the good shepherd sustains you for your entire life. Are you hearing me? I like to say it this way. Greatness doesn't happen in a day. It happens daily. Every day. Every day I'm gonna take a step forward. 
Every day I'm gonna be a little better than I was yesterday. Every day I'm gonna be a little stronger. Every day my marriage is gonna be a little bit better. We're not gonna have a marriage like that person in one day. We're not, our kids aren't gonna be like those kids in one day. My church isn't gonna be like that church in one day. Your business is gonna be like that business in one day. But every single day doing the little things, you're gonna have what they have and even better if you realize greatness happens every single day. It's a process. It's a restoration process. Allow him in. He wants to help you in restoring your soul. And here's the third and final one. I think this is important for you to realize that you gotta stay humble. You know what I've grown to realize over the years as I've been studying God's word, I've grown to realize this. I've grown to realize that it's really easy for God to do something supernatural in your life that ain't working, so I ain't doing it. It's really awesome for God to do something supernatural in your life and then for you to go, look all that I've accomplished. Come on, anybody ever felt like that before? I have. That's why I've been fired from more churches than I've been hired from. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's the truth. You say, why? Because I always thought I was, could do better than the person that was leading me until I became the person who was leading me, and then I had to go back and apologize to people that were leading me. It takes humbleness, humility, to stand on a stage and confess that to you in front of the people that I'm leading right now. But I'm doing it because God is inviting me into a process that just because I stand on the stage doesn't mean I've arrived, but I stand on the stage to invite all of you into the same process that God started me in eight years ago. And that is a process of humility. That's a process of trust. That's a process of love. And that's why Paul said to the church of Corinth, so if you think you are standing firm, guess what, you better be careful. That freaks me out. I'm gonna tell you right now, there is not a scarier verse in the Bible than that one right there. I don't ever wanna feel like I'm good because when I feel like I'm good, that's when the devil comes in. A man on his knees can never fall. A man prostrate before the Lord can never fall. A man low can never get low. It's humility. It's humility. I always tell when I'm dealing with conflict, I always tell people, attack the problem, never the person. Make more I statements than you statements. There is nothing that drops a wall better than I'm sorry, not just I'm sorry, I'm sorry for, and then you fill in the blank. Nothing drops the guard in everybody's life than when you apologize first and confess with a repentant soul what you've done. Can I tell you what scares me more than anybody? I pray for you every single day. And here's my prayer for you. I pray it every day that so many of you are cast before the Lord. You are broken and you're defeated. You're broken and defeated. It's exhaustion. You've gotten a little arrogant. You've made church and your faith community option. I shared with somebody yesterday, I was with them yesterday, and I said, listen to me, I'm no longer angry, I'm sad now that you have forego your faith community. Your faith community. 
and we'll be separated. Allow the Holy Spirit in. He's a good shepherd. He's gonna invite you in a process and it will take humility for you to do that. Last thought, I need you to know today that the same shepherd, listen to me, the same shepherd that saved you is the same shepherd that sustains you. That the one who set your feet on solid ground, the one who saved your soul from a damnation away from him, however old you were at that time, is the same good shepherd that sustains your tomorrows, who sustains your yesterdays, who sustains your next weeks and sustains your next years. He is the good shepherd. And I came to church to tell somebody, he wants to restore your soul so that you are upright. And listen, he's not a machinery God. He's a God who reminds you that you are his masterpiece. He died for you and he would do it again if he had to. That's how much he loves you. Say this with me, he restores my soul. He does. Today, he wants to restore your soul. If your life is upside down, spiraling out of control, invite him in, and he will restore your soul. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Would you do me a favor with every head bowed and with every eye closed and with nobody looking around, I'd love the opportunity just to pray with you. How many of you would be honest and open and transparent? And I've tried to create a culture. If anything, people say, what, what's the secret sauce of your church? I think the secret sauce of Wellspring is vulnerability and transparency. We may not have the best of this or this or this or this, but I can tell you what we're gonna be the best at, and that is vulnerability and transparency. And honesty and truth. So I'm asking you to be, be what we said we are for the last eight years, vulnerable and transparent. How many of you would say there is an area of your life that is flipped upside down and today you want to invite God into the restoration process in that area? Would you just lift your hand up and would you leave it up so I can pray for you? Would you lift it up and leave it up? I'd love, I want to pray for you. Like this isn't just a cutesy moment in the service. This is better than the sermon. So lift your hands up to the Lord and receive this prayer. Father, restore the souls of your sons and daughters. They are welcoming the restoration process. They know it will be long. They know it will be painful. They know it will be hard. They know there will be moments to give up. But they're admitting to you today that the area of their life that is upside down. So they're allowing the good shepherd in. Just in your own words, in your spirit, just say it to him. I invite you in, good shepherd. You do it. Don't just listen to my words, you invite him in. Say, good shepherd, I invite you in. I invite you in. I'm not gonna get fixed up before I invite you in. I'm inviting you into the mess right now, right now. Yeah, I've done it before, but I'm inviting you in fresh and anew today. I'm inviting you in. And then I want you to confess to him, I've tried to speed up the restoration process, but no longer will I do that. Tell him that, no longer. No longer am I gonna speed it up. No longer am I gonna hurry it up. If it takes years, I'll be with you. If it takes decades, you and I'll do it together. 
if I don't get it until heaven, I'll get it in heaven. I'm not speeding it up because life is a journey, it's not a destination. Go ahead, tell them that. I invite you into the process. Now today, you saying this in your own words, today I'm gonna stay humble. I'm not gonna get arrogant or pompous that I'm better than. I believe that some of you in this room, you've got a, you've got a name and a person. And you have said, but at least I'm not filling the blank. And today, God wants to humble you. He's humbling you right now. Right this moment, he's humbling you. Let him humble you. It's gonna be painful. You're gonna feel vulnerable, but your tomorrows will be so much better if you let him humble you right now. Humble me, God. Humble me. So I can trust you. I've been arrogant. I've been cocky. I've thought of myself more than I should. But this morning I'm reminded of my dependence on the Good Shepherd to restore my soul. You could put your hands down. I want to ask one more question, then I'll get you out of here. And the question is this Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The bad news is there's only two options. I'm sorry to all my Catholic friends, but there is no purgatory. It's nowhere in the Bible. There's no in-between. There's no holding pattern. There is no waiting room. In fact, we are living in the waiting room right now. So it's one of two options. It's heaven or hell. It's up or down. It's cold or hot. It's good or bad. It's with or without. It's light or darkness. Bad news is this, if you don't receive Jesus, you will spend an eternity in a place called hell. And this morning, I'm not trying to scare hell out of you. I wanna get heaven into you. I want Jesus to get so up in you that he changes and wrecks your life. If you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, would you come into my life, heal me, redeem me. I receive what you did on the cross. I thank you for the empty tomb. And I thank you for heaven, my permanent home. I give you all of my sin, all of my sin, past, present, and future. And I receive salvation today. Now I'm gonna ask you to be bold. I won't embarrass you, I promise you that. I'll never do that. But I do need you to take a step. And the step that I need you to take if you prayed that prayer is I want you to lift your hand up right now, just all over this room. Heads bowed, eyes closed. But if you prayed that prayer, I want you to lift it up. Real tall. I see it. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Here's what I'm gonna ask you. Leave it up. Leave it up. If you raise your hand, leave it up. And I want you to look at me. Okay? There's several, so you're not the only one, so don't be freaked out. If you prayed that prayer right here, look at me. All of you. All of you. I see you. I see you right here. I see you, sir. Thank you. I see you. I see a little girl. I see you. So proud of you. Anybody else? I see you, sir. All in the back. I prayed for you last week, did I not? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see the back. I see it. Would you leave your hand up? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. Here's what I need you to do. Don't miss this moment. This is the key moment of everything. There's a card. When you look at it, it's a green card. I want you to fill it out. We want to help you with your next steps. Although heaven is for sure yours, and there's no denying that or taking that away, you're still living in the muck and mire of this world, so we want to help you. So I want you to take that green card, fill it out, 
Worship team is going to sing. You're going you're to fill up that car. At the end, you're going to go to guest services on your way out. They'll be in green shirts. You're going to hand them a card. Say, I prayed the prayer with the pastor. I prayed the salvation prayer. Help me with my next steps. And we're going to help you every step of the way to get you where your life isn't upside down, but it's flipped right side up. Is that what you want? We want to help you with that. So would you do that for me? Would you fill it out? Would you fill it out, sir? Let's do that today. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for God for those that have received Jesus? Would you? We're going to go in time of response. Our prayer team is going to be up here. We're open up the stations. If you need to visit the candles, maybe go to the cross, maybe you need to take communion, whatever it is, respond. God wants you. God needs you. Respond to him. Don't miss this moment. Come to the altar. You don't need to pray with somebody. Come to the altar and confess. Confess it to Jesus right now. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about Wellspring Community Church, visit our website at wellspringfl.com. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend services. We'll see you in the next episode.